Hi, I'm Tom Coffin, CEO and President and Co-Founder of Simply Reliable Incorporated. Welcome to the Smartpreneur Podcast. What's a smartpreneur, you might ask? Well, a smartpreneur, in our opinion, is someone that focuses on working on their business, not just in their business. And our Smartpreneur Podcasts are designed to bring you some relevant information each week about your business and different parts of that business. It could be marketing, it could be workflow, it could be labor, uh, it could be business operations, many things that we'll talk about each week on the podcast. You can also check out our Smartpreneur blog at simplyreliable.com. And of course, our Smartpreneur podcast is brought to you by Simply Reliable, makers of Smart Office and Design Machine, the complete end-to-end -end solution for business process for systems integrators. So thanks for joining us today, and I hope you enjoy the show. This week on the Smartpreneur Podcast, our guest is Jason Sayan. Jason is the founder of I Am Saying. Please welcome Jason Sayan. Well, look who it is. It's our friend Jason saying. Hi, Jason. Hey, Tom. How are you doing? Uh, couldn't be better. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Awesome. Well, smartpreneurs, we've got uh, we've got a great subject uh, for you this week. Uh, Jason has a new smartpreneur blog out, and uh, the title of that is How to Implement Change in Your Organization and Make It Stick, which is the important part, right? So Jason's going to dig uh, dig a little deeper this week and tell us a little bit more about that subject. So, you know, as I was reading this, my first thought was, well, why is change more difficult in a in a company or an organization, you know, than it is for personal change? And, and we all know personal change is tough too, but it's there's a kind of an extra level of uh, of challenge there when you're inside of a group. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, by nature, humans resist change. That's the bottom line. Um, but I think when it's personal change, it's easier for us to see the value in change. And we're the judge, jury, and executioner at that point, right? Like we decide if this change is going to be good and we make the decision to make that change and create the habits and so forth. Just like if you're trying to exercise um, you know, you set goals and you got to motivate yourself to make that change. And, and at some point you got to see the value. I know I've struggled with, with exercise and I've tried numerous things and have finally hit in an area that I like and I'm sticking with it. And, but it's, it's all based on me when it comes to, uh, organizational change. Now you're broken up into two different parts, right? There's the change that's required to make the problem go away. And that's actually the easy part. So that could be, we need new software to automate our processes, or we need another, we need to hire a new employee to handle additional work, whatever that problem is you're trying to solve. It's, it is actually easy to figure out what that has to be. The hard part comes is now there's the behavioral change that has to happen in order for that thing to work. So we found the magic software, even though we know there's no magic software, but now we got to implement that software, which is going to have to be, uh, you know, create behavioral change to the employees. And so that is the really tough part and why I think it's more difficult in a company, because now it's it's two part factors. The employee doesn't have buy in for the change or the thing that's got to happen. 
um, it's going to be harder to cross that barrier. And I, I talk a little bit more about that in the in the blog. I mean, I have clients that recognize the value of my services and they hire me to create workflow and process documentation. And in that process, we find areas where they need to change what they're doing and they agree. And then they still fall short of actually making the behavioral change because it's it's hard. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. One of the challenges I, I would guess is that you've got to make sure that the employees that are part of the team uh, fit with the culture, right? And, and you understand their strengths and weaknesses and stuff like that. You talk about uh, uh, disc assessment in there and the, you know, the disc personality test. Uh, would you share with our smartpreneurs, you know, really what that's all about and uh, kind of have maybe a little bit of how it works and, you know, what the real value is in, in participating in that? Absolutely. And I highly recommend any organization, large or small, um, find a place online that will do these disc assessments. Many of them will do it for, um, you know, free to minimal cost. Some of them will do a deeper dive with you on the results for a small fee. But it really helps develop a deep understanding of every person's motivators, their limitations, and their challenges. And so that helps you become realistic about what to expect with each individual before you deal with change process. So it's one thing to identify, we need to change this process or we need to have this new software to solve this problem. And then just expect everybody to understand why it's needed. Everyone's gonna understand it differently, which ties back to their personality, which is why that disk assessment is important. Some personalities will adapt to change better, so and some won't. And so if you go through this assessment with your team, it's really gonna help you understand everyone better and know what challenges you're up against from a personality perspective before just trying to push through a change uh, onto your employees. And it can be really fun because there's people that know they're like a very assertive personality or someone that knows they kind of like sit back and kind of watch things from the side. But I've seen companies do this and everybody starts to kind of laugh like, oh yeah, that is me, right? And you start to kind of have the self-awareness of what your own limitations are. And so then when you, once you, you know, have that base foundation, it's much easier than to then go back and look at this process that has to change and know how to tackle that because you know what your own limitations are and your bosses and, and, and managers know what those limitations are and you can build a plan around that. This sounds like uh, when, uh, when I was a kid getting into the industry, uh, I got into retail and they put us through a process and it divided people up into drivers, expressive, amiable, and uh, analyticals. Uh, is that what happens in this disk assessment as well? Something yeah, like yeah, it's, it, it's very similar. Um, you, you literally go through, and I forget how many questions, it's been a while since I've done one. Um, I've actually had to do them as part of an interview process with companies, but they just fire random questions at you and you just have to answer first thing that comes to mind. And then the test on the backside is able to analyze those types of categories of who you are. And it just really helps you understand your strengths, weaknesses, and limitations much better. And some of that, once you have that self-awareness, you might be able to, you know, build habits to improve those areas and make them stronger. And some of them are just, they're just the basis of our, our character makeup. Right. Right. Well, I know in the, in the blog, you've outlined an eight step implementation strategy for, uh, for change. Which I thought was really cool and very, very well thought out. Uh, 
what uh, would you, I guess, best thing to ask is uh, maybe take the smartpreneurs through those eight steps and and uh, give them your thoughts about how to implement that. Yeah. So, you know, transparency is key. You can never over communicate enough. And I think a lot of us learned that during COVID when things were happening, um, we didn't have all the answers. But, uh, you know, at the time I was working for an organization, not for myself, they did a really good job of just over communicating. Here's what we know. Um, here's what we're going to do. And as soon as there's an update, you know, we'll, we'll make that change or we'll discuss it. And that applies to the same thing. If you recognize, you know, whether it's small or massive change has to happen in your organization, you know, over communicate with your team um, and create a sense of urgency, not like a chicken little sky is falling type approach, but make sure everybody understands why this is important, why it's needed and explain your why. And I like to tell them to try to tie it in how it's going to benefit the team. It's one thing if you, the owner, feel we need to make this change and you're just waving the flag and you expect them to get it. But if you can tie this directly to how it's going to affect and benefit the employees and make their jobs easier, that's going to help them really understand that, that why. Uh, second part is kind of assemble a team. Don't do this alone as the owner. Put a small team together to own the change and the implementation of the change. So a lot of companies we work with, probably that will be listening, might be three or four person operations, and that's okay. Try to include people that make sense um, so that you're not just doing this in a vacuum. And that's going to help with ownership of the change in the implementation. And, and the more people that are on board, the more it's going to possibly stick because people understand that this is important and they are part of the process. You want to develop a change vision and strategy. You want to tell the story what the future is going to be look like if all this goes through smoothly so that everybody understands the benefits and outline the steps that are going to take to actually transition to you know what that future is going to be like and of course there's going to be bumps along the way right but if you can paint this picture of what the goal is um just like sports teams when you know you're driving to a championship like the nba finals are on right now i'm sure those coaches are creating a vision and a strategy of how they're going to get there and what that's going to look like to motivate the team same thing happens within the organization um, i talked about communicating before but communicate it so that they understand it but also to get that buy-in. Um, again, make sure that they know why it's important to them and give them a chance to ask feedback and answer questions. Empower the team to get involved, right? So when we, we, we've talked about software on previous recordings. You know, if you're looking for a new piece of software for your company as an owner, don't do it alone. Maybe ask the team to do some research, see what they're gonna find out. There's parts of that that are important to them that might, have them come up with different solutions that you would not have really thought about. And so I think the more you empower your team to get involved with part of the change aspect, I think, again, that helps create buy-in. And set yourself up for early wins, right? Like, let's say you're implementing a new piece of software, which could take three to six months realistically or longer. Come up with some early wins that you can celebrate so people feel like there is success and, and not fake wins, but like realistically set some guidelines of if we get to this by this, you know, we're going to do lunch or we're going to we're going to celebrate this. And, and that's going to give confidence and also help produce those healthy habits that are going to help the change implementation happen. And always remember, it's continuous improvement, right? The goal is progress, not perfection. And so, you know, we're going to get some progress. We're going to have some early wins. We're going to have some setbacks. 
just recognize that that's part of the process. Over time, those small bets are going to pay off and you're going to have massive change. And then make it stick, right? And the only way to do that is to set up meetings and you got to find a cadence that makes sense depending on what you're trying to implement. You know, maybe it's weekly, maybe it's twice a month and discuss how it's working, what's working, what's not working, what is, what do we need to do? Like this creates that feedback loop and it creates the habit building that has to happen in order for the change to kind of stick with the employees. Excellent, excellent. Well, Smartpreneurs, I know I, I learned a lot today. I hope you did as well. And uh, thanks for being with us. Jason, thanks for uh, for participating again. It was was fantastic. No, thanks for having me. Smartpreneurs, you might want to get a hold of Jason and, uh, and talk with him about your processes and your workflow. Uh, he can be a great help to you. Uh, I know a lot, of, uh, a lot of folks I talk to are doing that. And so, Jason, what's the best way for them to search you out? Yeah, they can head to the website, imsan.com, click on the contact us and drop me a note or come find us on LinkedIn as well. That's fantastic. All right, Smartpreneurs, again, thanks for joining us. You can always catch up on the Smartpreneur blogs and the Smartpreneur podcasts by going to simplyreliable.com, clicking on the resources tab, and then choosing either Smartpreneur blog or Smartpreneur podcast. Uh, lots and lots of great uh, entries in from all of our Smartpreneur uh, volunteer faculty members. Uh, they've done a great job over the years. And we'll look forward to seeing you again next week. So have a great week, Smartpreneurs. See you soon.